Hi everyone, this is Brother George at Bible Made Easy Podcast. Thanks a lot for joining me again today. Recently I covered Bible prophecies about the end time, the second coming of Christ and beyond. This of course included the wonderful happy ending for saved believers in heaven and the unfortunate judgments and eventual separation from God for unbelievers. If you want to know more about the awesome, fantastic place the Bible describes heaven to be, please listen to episode 24 where I cover that topic. But what about the other place commonly called hell? What will it be like there and what will people be doing there? That's what I'll talk about today. And if you've never studied what the Bible actually says about hell, you're in for some surprises. So stick with me. The common perception is that the unsaved are suffering the eternal wrath of God in a dark dungeon or cave-like environment of never-ending flames, torment and suffering. Right off the bat, I'm going to state that that is just not accurate. The realities of so-called hell and God's dealing with the unsaved are far more nuanced, purposeful and hopeful than that simplistic and harsh view of eternal life for the unsaved. But before we dive in, let's first of all make clear a few things to keep in mind. 1. The Bible says that God is love. And so whatever He does, He does in love with our best interests at heart, even when judging or disciplining the unsaved. 2. There's a lot of translation confusion in the Bible regarding the meaning of the word hell and other references to the afterlife. I'll explain that shortly. 3. The Bible often uses symbolic or metaphorical language to describe spiritual realities. And 4. The Bible doesn't go into a lot of details about the afterlife. It just gives us what we need to know now which should be enough to conclude that heaven is a great place to go to, but you would definitely not want to go to the other places. Okay, let's talk about hell. Depending on which translation you're reading, the Bible uses several different Greek, Hebrew and English words and terms for what we would call or think of as hell. The reason for this is that the terms generally refer to three different locations in the spirit world. That's right, three locations. But unfortunately some confusion comes in because many Bibles often lump them in together and just collectively call them hell, thus making it difficult for the reader to distinguish which part of the spirit world it's referring to and even mixing in a place called paradise and confusing that with hell, of all things. I'm going to keep things as simple as possible as I explain what the different places are and what they're like. 1. Hell called Sheol, Hades, the grave, the place or realm of the dead, or the netherworld. This is a place, possibly located in the heart of the earth, where the saved and unsaved temporarily go after death until their final resurrections or judgments. Within this temporary place there are at least two different locations. One for the unsaved that is described as a place of torment. The other is referred to as a temporary 
paradisaical and heavenly place of comfort for the saved. Jesus referred to this part of Sheol Hades when in Luke 23.43 he told the repentant thief on the cross, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now what's confusing for the reader is that this place with both hellish and heavenly sections is often referred to broadly as hell. I'll talk more about this place shortly. 2. Hell called Tartarus, the abyss, the bottomless pit, deep pit, the lowest part of the underworld and a bunch of other similar sounding names. This place is mentioned as a temporary prison-like place reserved not for humans, but rather for fallen angels until their final judgment. There are some indications that this is located underneath Sheol or Hades in the heart of the earth. 2 Peter 2.4 refers to this place. It says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, the original Greek word there is Tartarus, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. And three, hell called Gehenna, the lake of fire or outer darkness. This is the place in the afterlife that is entirely separate from Sheol or Hades and Tartarus. As far as what we're told, this is the final destination after their final judgments for the wicked and is the worst of these three evil places. Revelation 20 10 to 15 tells us that the devil, the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the most stubborn, unrepentant of the unsaved people are placed in there after the great white throne judgment. Jesus likened it to a place outside Jerusalem called Gehenna, or the Valley of Hinnom, which was used by disobedient ancient Jews for child sacrifice by burning and later used in Jesus' day as a trash dump for garbage and dead bodies that were burned 24 hours a day. He used that place as a metaphor for the lake of fire. Other scriptures describe it as fiery and burning with sulfur, a place of torment with extreme anguish, weeping and grinding of teeth. An absolutely awful place to be. Now, the scripture passage that gives us the most details of any of these various places called hell is Luke 16, 19-31, where Jesus tells the story of a rich man and a beggar called Lazarus, who after death are found in opposite sections of the first hell we talked about called Sheol, Hades, the grave, etc., the temporary place of the saved and unsaved. This story gives us a lot of insight into what life is like apart from God in the afterlife. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. But he got nothing. 
the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Here's what we can learn from this story. People go to hell and stay in hell by their own free choice. While on earth, the rich man refused to share even a few crumbs with Lazarus and is obviously unsaved by his own choice. Lazarus was poor and humble and obviously a saved believer, also by his own free choice. The rich man, even in the hellish part of Sheol or Hades, still has a proud selfish and unrepentant spirit. That's why Abraham says he can't get out, and neither can anyone visit him from the heavenly side, paradise. In spite of the rich man's unrepentant, evil attitude, Abraham calls him child. There's a sense of compassion there, that even though he's separated from God, reaping what he sowed and being punished for his sins, he is still considered a son. This is very important. While Lazarus on the paradise side is being comforted, the rich man says he is being tormented in the flames. The Greek word used for torment here is vasanos. Now pay attention because this unlocks the secrets of what the many biblical references to hellfire mean. Vasanos means the testing of gold and silver by the proving stone, with the connotation of a person severely tested by torture to reveal truth. What this means is that the flames mentioned in the Bible regarding hell are metaphorical or symbolic of the torment of an intense purifying process the person in any of the parts of hell goes through, not necessarily literal flames, although there might be some there. Hell, whether in Sheol Hades 
or Gehenna, the lake of fire, will be the opposite of paradise or heaven. The Bible says that in heaven, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. But in hell, the former things, the sins of humankind and evils of this world, will not have passed away and will still be present. You can imagine the difference. Heaven being the ideal society with loving people who have been cleansed from their sins, living in God's presence, living much like we do in this life, but as God originally intended, and with the pleasant sensations and emotions intensified, and with rewards and blessings according to their works on earth. But hell is the exact opposite. A society full of people who have not been cleansed of their sins, living away from God's presence, living much like they do in this life, but not as God originally intended, with the negative sensations and emotions intensified and punished according to their deeds on earth. Because they rejected his salvation, God lets them go their own way. And like the rich man, they continue to live with pride, anger, war and strife, fear, sickness, you name it. What a horrible place to be. By the way, Satan is not in charge of, nor is he currently even residing in any of these places. The Bible says he is the God of this world and spends most of his time here doing his dirty work. The three places of hell are all ruled by God and he's in complete control of them for his ultimate good purposes of separating and protecting the saved from the unsaved and from some of the demons, to punish the wicked and for the ultimate purpose of their rehabilitation and restoration. So, that's what hell is like. Is it forever and ever? I'll answer that in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless each one of you. Bye.